0: Today's reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, Whatever you have learned, or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, Joanna, thank you for uh, reading that for us. And uh, my name's Richard. If we haven't met, uh, I was going to say it's lovely to see you. Uh, it's lovely that you can see me. And... Um, Uh, We don't want to be like a potato trying to swim or an earthworm trying to do press-ups as we come to the Lord's word. So let's pray together that he would help us to see uh, what is here. Our Father, we thank you that you do speak to us in the scriptures. And please would you help us to understand this morning what you're saying to us. Please help us to think on what you would call us to do. And please, in your grace, would we put it into practice for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, is it possible to have peace? Is it possible to have peace? As I talk with people at the moment, it doesn't feel like this has been a year full of peace. Whether you're thinking of uh, internal peace, that sense of having a a calm mind, a quiet heart, being able to lie down when it's time to sleep and, and not be assailed by thoughts and changes and fears and concerns... Or whether we're talking about peace between people. That absence of conflict. Again, there's not been much in abundance this year. Just this last week, uh, Manchester, we've made it into the national news twice. Well done us, except both because of fights. A conflict in a town between protesters and the police. A conflict a bit closer to us uh, between university students and the university. Is it possible to have peace? Well, as Paul begins to draw this letter to a close, this letter of Philippians that we've been reading over the last few weeks, he says that it is. This letter, which has been all about striving together for the gospel in every circumstance, he'll say in verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He'll say verse 9 at the end, the God of peace Will be with you. Paul in these verses is offering peace. And we'll see as we go through three ways to pursue peace in our lives, in our hearts, in our church life together. Three ways to pursue peace. And the first is to have the same mindset to have the same mindset. And that brings us, uh, verse 2 and 3, that brings us to Yodia and Syntyche. Let me read those verses for us. I plead with Yodia, I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they've contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Yodia and uh, Syntike. We know nothing about them uh, apart from what's written in these two verses. Uh, these women clearly were, uh, they had prominent ministries. They had served alongside the Apostle Paul. Uh, let's say one of them was on the PCC, one of them led a small group. The other thing we know is that they're not talking anymore. We don't know why, what uh, conflict it was, what uh, snub, what disagreement that has boiled up to the point where now they're not talking. But Paul will plead with them. It won't be a simple thing for them to come back together. Paul has to plead with Yodia, plead with Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, that isn't Paul saying they have to agree about everything. That's not what this phrase means, it's the same mind in the Lord. We heard it back in chapter 2. It's to be like-minded. It's to have the mindset of Christ. Paul describes it there. He's pleading that they would, first and foremost, that they would care about Christ and his cause before whatever it is that they're arguing about. He's pleading that each of them would put the other first, would spend long enough and hard enough listening To understand, even if I disagree with your conclusions, how have you got there? What's driving you? What's motivating you? And to get to a point of saying, I might disagree, but I see that you're trying to serve the Lord, trying to follow his word as I am. That's to agree in the Lord. Paul pleads. And they might need help. Uh, Verse 3, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they've contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. It might be a conflict gets to a point where someone needs to come in and listen and help each other to listen uh, to one another. And you see at the end of verse 3, why Paul cares so much. They've contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Yodia, Syntyche's name is written in Jesus' book, Sinteke Yodia's name is written in the ink of Jesus' own blood, which he spilled to purchase you both for him, to bring you to him. Will you agree in the Lord? Will you have the same mindset? Paul cares enough that he will name names. I imagine it was an awkward uh, morning. That Sunday morning in uh, Philippi, as they get together, they read through the Apostle Paul's letter, they're loving it, they're loving it, they're loving it, they get to chapter four, they're not loving it. Yodia, Syntyche, everyone doesn't quite know what to do with themselves. Paul cares enough to name names. I wonder if we would care about enough about this to name names. not going to this morning. In the Lord's kindness, we don't have anything in our congregation that's come to this level. But if there's something in you that wonders, something in you that even just for a moment thought, is he going to say me? Uh, Because of some long-term, you're not talking with someone, because of some recent bust-up? Can I plead with you? In Paul's language here, my brother, my sister, who I love and long for, my joy and crown, my dear friend, I plead with you to have the same mindset in Christ. Will you go back to whoever it is? Will you try again, talk again, listen again? If if you've tried, if it feels like it's just making it worse, could you bring someone else? Paul says, I I plead that in the church we would have the same mind, the mindset of Christ. Christ. How do you know peace? The first thing is to have the same mindset. The second, as Paul would describe it, is to remember that the Lord is near. Remember that the Lord is near. Verses 4 to 7, they're kind of a a scattershot of different commands that Paul gives, as often at the end of his letters, kind of addressing lots of different areas. But as far as I can see, they're held together at the end of verse 5 by that little sentence, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. We've been told uh, this week a vaccine is near. Maybe. Uh, we hope. We're not quite sure it'll work or how to get it to you, but, but it's near. We hope. And if that's true, and may that be true, that is excellent news. Uh, the end of so much of what we've known this year, this year's death and fear and isolation and confusion, back to where we were this time last year, which if you can remember back that far we still knew death and fear and isolation and confusion maybe less of it this vaccine it is brilliant news but it's not everything that we need whereas paul would say the lord is near and when he comes that will be the end The full end, the permanent end, the forever end of death and fear and isolation and confusion. At the end of chapter 3, we heard he will bring everything under his control. He will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. The Lord is near. And even today, the Lord is near. The Psalms say the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and if all you can do is fall to your knees and through the tears sob out, Lord, when will this stop? He is near. And uh, Paul says in these verses, if he is near, then we can have joy, we can have gentleness, we can have peace, whatever the year is like. He's writing to a church facing intense persecution, a fearful opposition because of their faith in Jesus, and to them and to us. He's offering in these verses joy and gentleness and peace. Briefly, we'll think about those three. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice, you see, in the Lord. And maybe there's nothing else to rejoice in at the moment but he has not changed. We know that however black the clouds are, however thick they are, behind them the sun is still shining, and so it is with the Lord. One day he will blow those clouds away and he will shine again on you. The Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord. Then secondly, verse five, gentleness. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I don't know about you, uh, personally, when I see someone is wrong, uh, whether it's someone on the internet is wrong or someone in church is wrong, one of the things that I want, instinctively, is I want everyone to know that they are wrong and I am right. I want my rightness to be evident to all. Paul says, no, let your gentleness be evident to all. I enjoyed the way way, uh, one writer Uh, comment on this uh, verse, put it, I came across this this week, fairly blunt, Uh, but here's what he says. If there's anything very wrong, we'll leave it. Our Lord Jesus will come very soon. Therefore be patient. Would we dare sometimes to leave something that's wrong so we can be known for gentleness? The Lord is near. And then uh, finally, in this little section, uh, verse uh, 6, don't be anxious about anything. And we read that and we think, sure, why not? (laughs) Don't be anxious about anything. Of course, easy. And Paul knows that. Paul knows that. That's why he goes on. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't be anxious, but pray. Pray. Another writer on these verses says, I've yet to meet a chronic warrior who enjoys an excellent prayer life. That may well be true. Don't be anxious, but pray. And you see how comprehensive this verse is. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and requests, see, all these different words for prayer, all these different situations, bring everything, Paul says, to the Lord. With thanksgiving, to deliberately, to consciously, to, to actively think, how can I thank the Lord in this situation? That's a great way to know that he's near, to remember his nearness to us. But to bring everything. It's been a joy over the last couple of weeks. We've uh, On Thursdays, on Zoom, we've been doing these half-hour prayer meetings. First thing in the morning, one at lunchtime. Uh, we're going to start them on Sundays from this evening, if uh, that works better for you half an hour to come together and pray, and the rule is pray for whatever is on your heart. There's no agenda. Just pray what's on your heart. And it's been lovely to see this happening. As someone will pray for something that is big and scary, and it's been in our news headlines for months, and none of us knows when it's going to end or how it's going to go away, and someone brings it to the Lord. And then the next person prays for something that is very personal. A situation, a person that none of us have heard of, that none of us will meet and they pray for them. And it's a lovely example of what Paul is saying here, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, prayers, requests, petitions, bring it all to the Lord. If there is anything on your heart this morning, you'd be very welcome to join us this evening, join us on Thursday, and pray it. And we will pray with you, we will say amen with you. Anything. And if you think, I'd be embarrassed to say it out loud, if you think there's just too much, I don't want to hog all of the time, well, this, this works by yourself as well. You could make a list. Sit down and think with a piece of paper, what is it that I'm anxious about? What are the things that are swirling around in my head? Let me get them down on a piece of paper and let me pray through them. I did that this week. It took about half an hour to write everything down, to pray through it one by one by one. And look at the promises attached to it. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you like that? To know some of that peace. Is it worth half an hour? Is it worth an hour? Is it worth the risk? Have a go. See if God will come through. Remember that the Lord is near. And with him he brings joy. He brings gentleness. He brings peace. Remember the Lord is near. And then thirdly, uh, finally, uh, verse 8 and 9, think about what is good. Think about what is good. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about what is good. Paul isn't just saying, think happy thoughts. These are a few of my favourite things. Paul is saying, think what you're going to do. Do you see verse 9? Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is saying, think about what is good so that we're ready to do what is good, ready to put it into practice. Think. Think. What is it that the Lord is calling us to do? What is it the Lord is calling me to do that is noble or right or pure or lovely or admirable or excellent or praiseworthy? Think and then put it into practice. And so we're going to have a moment to do that now. Uh, In a moment, I'll say a prayer, and then uh, the musicians will start. But uh, to start with, they'll just uh, play our next song without singing to give us a little bit of time to think. And you might want to think, uh, particularly through these uh, verses. I don't know how you you find a passage like this, a sermon like this. There are nine different instructions in these verses, in nine verses. Uh, We are to uh, have the same mind, help those who don't, rejoice, rejoice again, let your gentleness be known. We're to not be anxious, but bring our requests. We're to think, we're to put into practice... Some of us love a passage like that. I know what to do. I'll do it. Some of us find it overwhelming. Here's a moment to think. What is the Lord calling me to do? And how will I put it into practice? And if you want a minute or so, that's how long the musicians will play before they start singing. If you want longer, the joy of being at home is you can hit pause and we'll wait all day for you. Uh, We'll be here. If you want to think for longer, if you're with others, you want to talk. What does the Lord want me to do and how will I put it into practice? And the promise again at the end of verse 9, the God of peace will be with you. Have the same mindset. Remember the Lord is near. Think about what is good. And the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray together. Our Father, we praise you that the Lord is near. We long for his coming and his restoration of all things, but we praise you that now he is near and with us and hears us. And so please help us as we think. Please would you bring to our minds that which is good, which you want us to pursue in the pursuit of peace. Please would you give us the resolve and the grace to do it. And please, as you've promised, would we know that you, the God of peace, are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.